Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Lions podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. I hope everyone had a beautiful week like I have. On Monday, I had the Everyday Pride do some six minutes, five minutes, four minutes, three minutes, and two minutes, one minute and 30 seconds. All the guys trained so well. Uh, we backed this up on a Tuesday with the Olverston uh, Pride and they did a specific session ready for Ross Running Festival. They did five times five minutes at 10k pace. Uh, everyone trained so well. It was pretty horrible there towards the end and it started raining. If you are tuning in and you'd like to be part of the Everyday Lions Pride, please check out more information at www.everydaylions.org and you can uh, train there for $4 a month, $10 a week. I personally started back up running on Monday. I ran 3K. Uh, I felt pretty good. It wasn't a wasn't a bad run. Um, you know, I can't expect it. I haven't really run regularly for, for quite a while, probably since April. So it's just nice to get out and um, I actually feel like running. Uh, so that's the plan the next few weeks is do a few short runs every week and try and get some fitness back. Okay, what else happened? I uh, helped with the local inter-high cross-country course. I went down there with previous podcast guest Mick Gunson on Tuesday and we put out a few markers and stakes and um, yeah, it was just a good morning. Uh, took a lot less this time. I did it last year and it took a few hours more. I think we knew what we were doing this time. And uh, I saw a few results the next day. It looked like a lot of students had fun. I know some of, some of my memories or some of my best memories are from the entire cross country. Uh, you know, grassroots is where it happens. Okay, what else is happening? Uh, Tasmanian Row Runners have an event on and that will be on the 3rd of October at 8 a.m. And you start at uh, Tim Portorell and they're gonna have a coffee afterwards. So if you're looking for a bit of connection, please check out that event. I know the Tasmanian Roadrunners would love to see the Northwest community along to that. And yeah, I guess to this week's guest. This week's guest is Pat McMahon. I really appreciated Pat's time. He's done a lot of stuff in his life. He's got amazing amount of life experience. He was a police officer for 44 years. We talk about this. He was a decent runner himself. Uh, he ran 150 for 800 meters, 49 seconds for 400. He ran at the Stall Carnival and was lucky enough to get four wins there and then get inducted into the uh, Stall Athletic Hall of Fame, which is an amazing achievement. Only the second Tasmanian to do that. I just really appreciated his time. This is the first time I actually did a face-to-face -face podcast with a guest and we went around to Pat's house and yeah, it was just good. Good good to have a yarn. Such a lovely person and guy. If you did enjoy this podcast, please reach out to Pat because I know that he would think that's pretty awesome because he loves his running. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lions podcast and happy running. to the Everyday Lions podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Today's guest is Pat McMahon. Pat uh, used to be a police officer, but now is retired. He's got four wins at the Stall Athletic Carnival, and he's the handicapper of the PCCT. We'll chat about all this stuff and more. How's your day been, Pat? Oh, not too bad, Brian. I, uh, same old thing, I get up, have a bit of breakfast, go for a run. No, actually, I, I didn't do that today. I did a spin bike for an hour and then went for a 10.5k run. Come home, had a shower and shave and lunch, and now we're here. Beautiful. And is that how your normal Wednesday looks for you? Yeah, most days are the same. Brian, I usually get up and get myself motivated and do some exercise and try and get that out of the road and uh, do whatever. Great. And are you going to do run for you tonight? Are you going to double up today or just the one run? No, only the one run. Yeah. I've had our at the moment. Okay. And we are a running podcast. Did you want to tell me how you actually got into the running? 
yes, I can tell you that. It was back in um, about 69. I was playing football at uh, Cooey. I'd started in the uh, seniors papers match, got injured, and then I finished up playing first four games in the reserves and got the best players and the coach approached me one night and he said, why don't you come and have a drink after training? I said, I said oh, I run my guts out. How, why would I want to come and have a drink? <laughs> yeah. Next week I was dropped. So Jeez. I, just, I, was, I was only 20 at that time and a young policeman at Burnie, so I decided to um, give up the football and I hooked up with Ron Cornish. I think everyone remembers Ron. He was a policeman that uh, burned at the same time as me, and I joined their stable uh, under Mick Saltmarsh, and uh, the rest is history. I, I started running. Great. At uh, 19 or 20 years of age. Yep. And would you call yourself a natural runner, or was it something that you really had to work at? No, I was. I was pretty. I was pretty uh, quick at school and that. I won the. Uh, I used to be. A, a reasonable sprinter at school, and then I won the in the last year. I won the cross country uh, at Smithton High and held that record for I think it was twenty odd years. Well, great. Um, and then I decided to play football, which I played a fair bit. I played under nineteen at East Devonport and got uh, runner up in the best and fairest the first year there. My gee, I got knocked out the first game coming from Circle Head to East Devonport. Yeah. <laughs> Knocked out. I thought, oh, what am I doing there? Hello. And, uh, but as I said before, I got um, got disillusioned with the football after the coach's comments and took up running, and uh, I'm glad I did. Great. Fantastic. And you mentioned your your coach. Yeah. Salt, Mick Saltmarsh yep. was our coach at the time. Mick, Mick he... Uh, he Trained a quite a quite a lot of good runners. Uh, Ron Cornish, uh, Basil Burley, Peter Geary. Peter was there when I was there. Basil come back for a year while I was there. Teddy Eagling was another one. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln. Um, I think his name is from Penguin. He won the Bernie Gift. Yeah. Uh, There's quite a few good runners. Um, great. And Laurie uh, Howard. Yeah. Another one. Great. And we talk about amateurs and professionals. What was, uh, did you guys mainly train for pros or amateurs? What was the go? We weren't allowed to run amateurs. Yep. Once we received some cash from pros, that was it. Yeah. In our days, we weren't allowed to run amateurs whatsoever. Wow. So that's just even one race, you were just yep. black bent. Yep. That's, yeah. And so did you make that choice very young or was it because these are the people you knew? I think, I think it was because of the work commitments where I was, where yep. I, who I knew. And uh, the scene there, that was all. Yeah. Just got into it. Great. So I never sort of went out to be a runner. It's just that football pushed me towards running, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And you, so you were doing carnivals. Uh, what was your first carnival, or your first experience in that? Um, back in 19, 1969, I started, and... Uh, I think it was the uh, Rosemary 400, I won that. And then St Helens, that was in January 70, and uh, Queenstown in February 70, I think I won the two 400s there. Yeah. And got quite a few placings that year. Um, I got a second placing at Campbelltown in the 400. Um, And that was about, that was about my, um, Achievements in, in that year, uh, 1970, I had to give up running for two years. So I was overseas. Okay. I joined the, um, I got seconded to the United Nations Peacekeeping Force. Amazing. In Cyprus. So I went over there for two years, uh, well, a year and a half in Cyprus, and then it took three months to come home on a trip, on a world trip. And what were your duties over there at the time? Peacekeeping, uh, yep. liaising between the Greeks and the Turks. Uh, they used to, they weren't they weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to talk to each other virtually any disputes we had to sort of settle yeah uh, mainly water disputes or um, uh, just 
and some criminal stuff too. Some people were murdered and things like that. Yeah. We had to investigate. Wow. And do patrols. They used to have a um, demarcation line on most areas, most towns. Yeah. Um, Greeks on one side, Turks on the other, and we used to sort of patrol that area. Wow. And what? Oh, how old were you doing this? Were you 20, 21? 21. Yeah, awesome life experience. Yeah. Did you? Did it sort of open your eyes up to the world a little? Certainly did. It was a good yeah. experience. Learned how to drink there. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Blew out to 83 kilos, which I've never ever... Oh, wow. <laughs> I've never ever hit that um, mark again. And then I thought, oh, what's going on? This is after the first five months. And I um, then went on a regime of getting fit again. Yeah, okay. Um, that's fantastic. And... How long you so you were over there for two years? Yes, and I, did, I still did a bit of running there. Yeah, training yeah. and I, we had a um, uh, we had a sort of a, a what they called the Famagusta t- town race, which was a, a town on the northern part of Cyprus, and uh, they used to have about oh, ten teams with different army groups and uh, police groups there. Yeah, and I was unofficially made the captain of the uh, Australian. Swedish team. Beautiful. So, so I had to get six or seven, like 12 blokes, there was 12 of us actually, we had to get 12 blokes yep. fit to be able to run this relay. <laughs> oh, unreal, unreal. <laughs> of course, Muggins, he had the, the longest leg. Yeah. Uh, the first year we didn't do any good, but the, the second year we could finish up coming third. Wow, wow. And did you do a bit of travelling over there as well in your spare time when you got time off? or? Yeah, I'm time off. Being uh, born in England, I went to England for a fortnight. Yeah. Uh, during the course of my stay there, and met up with relatives that I hadn't seen, and then uh, did the same thing on my re- completion of duty. I went to uh, back to England and and then um, uh, over to Europe and then Canada, uh, America, and then Fiji. Travel, travel is awesome, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were given a first class ticket home, but first class in those days wasn't crash hot anyway. So we converted that to tourist class. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which gave us, the, gave us extra mileage. Yeah. To awesome. The trip. Brilliant. Yeah, Brilliant. So we got something, some benefit out of the, yep. the duty there. Okay. So you started this at twenty-one. You're over there for two years. So you're twenty-three now. Yeah. yeah. About. Yeah, I would have been about twenty-three when I got back home. Yeah. And you got straight back into the running and lost a bit of weight, or? I was pretty fit then. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty fit. And, uh, yeah, I got back in the running back in 1972. Uh, The first carnival, uh, 11th of November 1972, I won the 100-metre sprint. Great. I beat uh, Max Seymour, who went on and won the Bernie gift the following year, 1971. Nineteen seventy three, won the Bernie gift, and Peter Geary, he was he came third. Peter was in my stable. Yeah, time. wow. And then I fronted up at Exeter on the eighteenth of November, and uh, got second to Max Seymour on the Exeter gift. Okay. Which is over hundred metres, but I hurt my leg during the race. Right. So I thought, oh, what do I do? So I, I had a jog around the sixteen hundred and finish up winning that. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh wow! Run. Yeah. <laughs> So did this did this open your eyes up to going longer in distance after doing that or it did yeah but I still I still stayed a sprinter virtually okay for a, for another well, a year or so um, I had a good season seventy two seventy three I think I won about seven races uh, Rosemary I think I won the seventy meter gift finished up getting second in the um, no seventy meter sprint. Wow. Getting second in the gift. Yeah. David Bryan. Remember David Bryan? I he do. Used, he used yeah. to live, he used to live <laughs> at Devonport. Yeah, I do. I beat him in the 70 metres, and that yeah. was, it was that wet, and Dave was too strong for me. He just got me on the line. Okay. Dave and I went to some, we were in the same house at yeah. Smith and High School. Oh, jeez. Yes, yeah, so you know each other for a while then. Yeah, I was a house captain at Perkins, and Dave was there. He was about a year or two below me. Yeah. And so we. We used to know each other quite well. Yeah, great. We school together. Great. Yeah, and then I won the, uh, I think, then I won the uh, Orange Town 400 in the same year. 
Franklin 1600 in the same year. <laughs> so I've gone from sprinting to 1600. <laughs> wow. Uh, quite a few placings too. Uh, I think I, I won the, like I said, I won the, the Queenstown gift. Then the week later, I think I won, I got second in the Irish Town gift, which I think that uh, sort of went fell by the wayside after that, the Irish yeah. Town Carnival. So the thing that stands out for me now is you mentioning all these little small towns that had carnivals. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? Like, are we talking the did they have the crowds as well back then? Is that good crowds? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but well, you know what Burnie and Devonport, you've probably heard yeah. of the crowds there. Yeah, ten, twelve thousand. Yeah. Yeah, Burnie, well, they used to throw us out of uh, afternoon, and then reopen the gates in the night time, and still fill the ground up. Amazing. Yeah, you just don't see that nowadays. No. And I don't, I don't blame the car. I think it's the. Yeah. Society as we are, people have got other things to do. That's the thing. They do. I mean, there's seven seven day trading, and there's competing with other other sports that take more time as well. Yeah. Um. So you're you're doing a little bit of long distance. You're doing, I should say, middle distance, and you're doing short distance. I've never trained for the sixteen hundred. Yeah, I was going to say that's my next no, question. No, I never trained no. for them. I just yeah. did the sprint work and four hundred work. Okay. At that time, and the training used to probably, I just can't remember the training back in those days, but uh, I remember the training when I was in Hobart under Barry McLeod. I think everyone should know Barry. Barry won the Stall Gift in 1969, I think it was. Okay, yeah. I used to do um, uh, probably a good session of the night time would be six 400s uh, under 60 minutes, under 60 seconds with a lap yep. and lap in between and yeah great uh, other nights i'd do uh 400 then an 800 400 800 400 yeah just for the lap in between and the 800s would be under two minutes always wow yeah great uh, so that was the fast stuff yeah yeah and uh under under um under mick we used to do three 200s and we used to try and get them 24, 23s and 22s, try to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as a speed session. I was going to say, like you... It wasn't, wasn't a lot of quality. Yeah. It was quality. Yeah, yeah. So you you did a lot of high high intensity training. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But when I went, yeah, I'll talk about other training later when I went to Victoria. Yeah. And what were you doing... Were you easy jogging throughout your days or was everything directed towards these interval session days? Well, the interval session days. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, it wasn't many easy days. Yeah. Barry's a bit of a punisher. I used to have to tell him at times, I said, look, I said, you're flogging dead horse. I said, I'm just coming off night shift. Yeah. <laughs> and you're flogging me. Yeah. And I said, I just haven't got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, oh and, it, and it's hard too. It takes it, well, takes it out of you, that running. Well, most of my running career, I was working shift work. Night yeah. shift. I remember going to Franklin once, I picked up Bernard McKenna. Yeah. We drove from Franklin, uh, drove from, no, from Bernie to Franklin, and then I had to come back and go to work. Wow, yeah. At night, midnight, I think it was. It's hard. I've, I've worked shift work and tried to run yeah. the next day. It's a different boost. It is a different boost. Yeah. So you're, you're back in Bernie and you're working in the police force. What was your, your role there? Were you just... Um, when I was at Burnie, I was sort of uh, correspondence clerk for the superintendent with another person, another senior. Then I was doing all the relief um, station work. You know, I finished up at uh, Stanley. I finished up at, back at Stanley where I lived for till I was sixteen. I yeah. Was there at Nineteen for three months. Uh, went to Savage River. Went to Strawn. Um, Gary Park. Yeah, really. Back in 1969, I really lived in the Lived in the, Jesus. <laughs> lived in the single men's quarters. Yeah, wow. <laughs> She'd be quiet and cold, I reckon. <laughs> uh, I had a few little jobs. Every yeah. Monday I was pretty busy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> a lot, yeah. lot of um, stolen property from the hydros. Oh, Hydro <laughs> Always on Monday, get these <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. So you're doing all the clean-up from the weekend. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't much success rate 
getting the creeps. No, no. As, uh, <laughs> as people would understand, uh, hydro scheme workers. <laughs> and we've talked about some of your Tasmanian races. Yeah. When did you start to go to the mainland and compete? Um, I think I went over in 69. I think I might have went over John McLaren just to have a look. And then uh, when I got hooked up with Barry McLeod, I, um, 75 I went to stool and I, I was lucky enough to win the, uh, that was the year Ralph Mentosa won the, the stool gift. Really? 75. I won the 400. No, I won the 800 first. Uh, I won that quite easily and then had to front up two or three hours later and run the 400. Yeah. Which I won. Great. And I, I think I'm the only person who's won the four and eight hundred in the one day. Amazing. The the heats were on the different days, of course. One one heat was on the Saturday and one heat was on the Sunday for the yeah. eight hundred and the four hundred. And for anyone listening who doesn't know about stall, did you want to explain that a little bit more and how important this race is? Well, stall's the um, pinnacle, I suppose, of pro running. Uh, Everyone likes to achieve something at stall. They do. <laughs> Don't they, they, Brian? They do, they do. <laughs> I didn't quite get there, but uh, there's something really special about the place, isn't there? There is. Yeah. Well, there was. Um, I yeah. haven't been back for a few years now. I went back, went back about five years ago. I took my young bloke back. thought he might have got any interest, but he didn't. No, he didn't get <laughs> quite up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you had these two amazing wins in the one day at stall. Yep. Uh, how was your handicap after that? Um, yeah, it was pulled back a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, I just can't remember the marks. I was off, I think I was off, I can't remember what I was off of the 426 or something like that. Be in the records anyway. Yeah. But uh, I can remember the marks back in 78. Um, remember those, but uh, there was a lot happening in between then. Uh, before I went to store, I won the 400 at Bernie prior to that, so I was pulled back from that one. Yeah, okay. And then uh, I finished up getting second in the 200 that night. No, I didn't get second. I got fourth, sorry, in the 200 that night. Yeah. Third. No, fourth. Fourth. Okay. And it was fourth because yeah. there, <laughs> there was three Victorians in front of me. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, fourth. And just before this podcast, just before I recorded... You told me that you thought you didn't have a lot of speed, but I think what you had is you had some good speed endurance there. You could maintain a pace for a long time. Yeah, I probably had more speed than probably endurance. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I could compete over 1,600, but I've never ever competed over 3,200. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever get timed? Like what you do for a two or four? Or? Uh what, the 400? Yeah. Oh, about yeah. 49. Yeah, that's good, though. That's, that's a decent grass, speed. Yeah. And um, 800 would be about 150, 151. Yeah. Not, not quite as good as Stan Bale. He used to go about 148, so... I've heard the legend of Stan. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good over 800, Stan. Yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, the sprint, sprints I, at the time was probably even time. Yeah. So just average on all dis- all distances really. And yeah. The fifteen hundred, uh, probably about four minutes for a fifteen hundred. Okay. On grass. Yeah, great. Most, most of our runs are on grass. Yeah. And so you're you've been to stall a couple of times, or first time this was. When did you go back again? No, that's the f- no, no, that, that wouldn't be the first time. No. Okay. Uh, no, I still went back 76, 77. I think I might have got, um, I made a couple of finals but didn't get any placings in there. Okay. Finals. In 1977, I decided to take three and a half, no, four and a half months long service leave. Okay. And do the Victorian Pro Circuit. Brilliant. Just to, and without having work commitments to see how I performed. And um, it turned out quite eventful for me, actually. Okay. I finished up getting, I think, 14 places in Unreal. Victoria with um, four wins. I won the Northcote 550. I won the Barramoyne 800. 
I'm on the Yarrawooya 800. I run the Burram line 800 before the stall, and I finished up getting uh, second in the 550 stall, second in the 800 beaten by Bernard McKenna, who I had to give him six metres or eight metres, and we ran off the same mark in Tassie. And Greg Woodhouse, he made up another place and he got third. Yeah, Greg, right. Greg was the, the back mark and I was the second back marker. Yeah, wow. I think I was off 24 or Greg might have been off 22 or 20, something like that. Yeah, fantastic. And we ran 148.3 that day. Unreal. <laughs> and what, um, you were, what, what were you off then? What was the mark? Was it? I was off about 24. Yeah, yeah. So equivalent to about a one, one, 150 slow, isn't it? Uh, would it? I don't know. Yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. close. Yeah, quick. And go around runners. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, uh, spending a year, like a season there, that 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 helped you out? It certainly helped me out. Yeah. Um, you talk about training up until the stall. We hardly did any training at all. Fergie was pretty astute. We raced sort of twice a week, Saturday and Sunday, usually, on some carnival. But I remember going up the stool for the last two weeks, so I do about six or seven long strides, which is about 150 metres. Yeah. And do one 400. That was it. Yeah. That was their training. So you were preserving your speed. Yep. Yeah. That was their training. Yeah. And Perfect. That first and two seconds at stool that year, uh, I also won the Bruce Walker Memorial Trophy for the for the best runner out of those three just. Distances, 400, 550, and 800. Awesome. So I was the first winner of that trophy. Yeah. And Bruce was a middle-distance runner who got murdered in Melbourne. And his body was found and chained up in Jeez. Port Elbow. Jeez. Mm, that was a gangland murder, I think. Oh, man. That's 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 some pretty yeah. full-on stuff. Yeah, I raced against Bruce. Yeah. Okay. He was a good runner. Yeah. Solid, solid runner. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And when did you come back to Tassie? So you spent three months doing this? Four and a half months. Four and a half months, yep. I went over there, but I had to come back in between because I got uh, nominated for a sergeant, promotion to a sergeant. So I come back and some bloke appealed against my promotion, so I had to come back for the appeal. Oh, no <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Come back for a week and get it yeah. done, and then go back again. Wow! I wow. can't remember the dates from all that. No. Was before stall or after stall? Okay. <laughs> and uh, so you... I won the appeal too. Yeah. Oh, great, great. <laughs> that that was my next question as well. So you actually won it. Yeah. So now you're a sergeant in the police force. I was made up to a sergeant. I was at Bella Reef at that time. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, Seventy-five. I was at Bella Reef. Uh, Seventy-five to seventy-eight. Yeah, 75, 78, and then I got transferred to as the sergeant in charge at uh, Campbelltown. Okay. Yeah, wow. And did this mean more hours, more work? Oh, more responsibility. You're in yeah. charge of the whole area, from, in charge from Oaklands right up to um, uh, Piranha, and then you go back to Lake Lee, Tombs Lake, yeah. and then part of the Great Lake. So wow. it, was a big, it was a big area in those days. Yeah, yeah. Without, without much communication. Okay. And there was only the three of us in the area, although yeah, still had other men down the valley, of course, Fingal Valley and that, but um, most of the time you're out there on your own. And training? How did the training? Yeah, work? I still did training. I yeah. took out football again. Okay. Actually, I played football uh, when I went to Hobart first off in 1973. I went to the licensing game and I played with, I went trained with uh, North Hobart. Okay. And John Devine had me taking them, the runners, every training session, he said, you take them for a run, Pat. <laughs> I take them for a run over the domain and things like that, but the, the players got sick of me trying to lap them. So they used to, used to hem me in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh, no, it would have been good for them. They get a realisation how, how, you know, how hard you train as well. So I got injured again playing football. I think I broke my toe or something. And so I finished up going down to Franklin with Desi Graham. Desi used to play for North Hobart and I played with Franklin 
for oh, about three years, I suppose. From right. 1973 to 76. Okay. Yeah, wow. And got, um, I, I got asked, how much do you want to be paid? I said, oh. Well, I don't know. I'll just play for the farm. Yeah. <laughs> so they gave me $10 a week to come down to training in the car. Yeah. And every game I played, I got a box of apples. <laughs> a box of apples. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I think, I, think I, was, I think I was sponsored by one of the orchards. <laughs> yeah, right. And did you like apples? Well, I did the finish. The, yeah. The people were aborted. You know, they basically loved them. Apple pies, apple crumble. Yeah, <laughs> yeah brilliant. And... So, when was your next time back at stall? Because you've got two wins here. Uh, two wins? I've got 78. Yeah. That's when I won four races over there. I won the 400 and two, 800 and the 550. And then I went back in 1978. I trained... Not yeah, I went back 78, 79, but I had a lot of injuries, Achilles injuries in the okay. mid, mid-20s. Yeah. And that stopped me a fair bit. Yeah. And then 1982, I went back to stall. I trained myself. Uh, I ran a couple of six, 1600s in Tassie, just trained myself, managed my Achilles. Went over a week before the stall carnival in 82, ran a... Just to see how I was going to run a mile race some country town, come near last. I thought I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yes. I was fit. So the old mind started cogging up, so I didn't do anything for a week. Just okay. done a few stride throughs. And in 82, I ran the victory mile and, and won that. Awesome. And won it quite easily. Yeah. So I was sort of relieved. One week you're running dead, and next week you, you come out and win. Yeah, it's amazing though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Just switch. Yeah, I think it's just overtrained. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say you probably do. You, did you find that you raced better the more, like the more races you competed? Did you find that you were more race fit? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Didn't do much racing. Yeah. Well, as you as you know, most of the carnivals in Tassie used to finish two or three months before. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. So, I went over there a week before just to see how it was. Yeah. I been racing. Okay. I've just been training by myself and I'd go up and run with um, Peter Bowles' crew for one or two days a week. Okay. And do a bit of speed work with them. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So when did the Stall Hall of Fame start knocking on your door? 2004? Yep. 2004. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Awesome I, was work, I was working at Beaconsville, I was a sergeant in charge in the West Homer and uh, I got a call from the commander, she said, uh, you've got to be in Hobart on such and such a date. The commissioner's office, I said, commissioner's? On the Monday it was, he said, uh, yeah, you go to the commissioner's office, said, you're not going down on your own, the commander is going to take you down. I said, oh, okay. So, couldn't find out what I was, in. I thought, oh. What have I done? I can't have done anything wrong. <laughs> yep. So, on the Monday, the commander picks me up. We're driving down. I said, well, what's going on? You must know. He said, no. Why? I haven't got a clue. I said, come on, someone must know. I can't. I couldn't get anything out of him, so I got down there and walked up to the commissioner's office. And uh, it was Richard McCready was the commissioner. And oh, yeah, no, Richard. Richard, he said... Uh, Coming here, McMahon. I said, what's going on? <laughs> and then John McLaren popped his head out behind the door. Oh, beautiful. I said, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, you've been inducted in the Hall of Fame. I said, you bastard. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. And yeah. what was that feeling like? You must have been pretty proud about that. I was at the moment, but I, yeah. stewed, I stewed for two or three days. Yeah, I reckon I you would have. What have I done wrong? <laughs> Probably in trouble here. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they thought I might have known, but I didn't know at all because it, yeah. it was straight after the Stall Carnival. And I hadn't been over there, of course. And, yeah. and they issued, they sort of hand them out at the Carnival date. And did they have, do you know how they got the, the little room now and it's the Hall of Fame room? Did they have that back in the day? Uh, 
In my running days. Um, oh, so like when you go to store carnival, they've got the... the yeah, I've seen phone. that. Yeah. yeah. I've been in there. Yeah, so they didn't have that in 2004 or was that... No, I don't think they... Oh, well, they might have done 2004, but I know they didn't in the early days. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. I think now... I think that photo... I've got a photo there of John presenting me with the... Hall of Fame. I think they've seen the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, sure I think I've seen your photo in there. It's right in the doorway, usually. When yeah. Or used to be. When okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a brilliant little place stall, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I was the first person. First Tasmanian, right? Yeah. The Hall of Fame. Then Viv came a few years later. Yeah. Because Viv won three races there. Mate, that's awesome. That's something you should be really proud of. Ah, it's history. Yeah, that's amazing history though. <laughs> yeah, just a, a phase of your life you do these things, don't you? you yeah. Achieve something well and good. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I look at it. And and your kids, they did you want to tell the listeners a little bit about them and what they do? Well, Dean's a senior sergeant in the police force at um, Launceston. Kyron, uh, he's twenty two. Kyron's very good sportsman, good runner. He won every. He's a school champion every every uh, grade he went through. And but he went to football, and he finished yeah. up playing uh, with Launceston and TSL football at seventeen years of age. But he had a few concussions, so I talked him out of that, and then he joined the police force. So yeah. So he's stationed at Longford now at the moment. Right. So both police. And, do- and I've got a daughter. Yeah. Okay. So child's she lives in Melbourne, uh, in Geelong actually, and she works for as a doctor's receptionist. Okay. And following you in the police force, is that something that you encouraged or? No. Yeah. No, something they did themselves. Right. No, yeah. I never encouraged them. Yeah. Great. No. Well, I just think anyone who works in the police force, I think you guys have got a tough job and it's not a, you know, it's not the easiest job you can, can do. No, it's not, but... It's a job. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Did you find the running help the mental health though? Like a bit of an outlet? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I used to find a release to go for a run there. See, back in um, 1984, I used to run from, I used to live at noon and I used to run to work, 7Ks each way, run to work, run back home, then I went to nineteen eighty four there was a few of us went to the police international Olympics in um, America. Yeah, okay. So I was tra- I was using going you know, yeah. to and from work as training. Great. So I, which I still had a bad Achilles then, but we stopped off at we stopped off at Las Vegas before Phoenix, Arizona, and I ran in the um, uh, I think it was the Denver police games, I think it was the, I think I'll Okay. I had the age groups then was thirty to forty. Yeah. And I was thirty five, I think I was at that stage. So I ran in the far ten thousand meters, seven o'clock in the morning, hundred degree heat. Oh. We all got dehydrated. I ran the <laughs> I ran the first five K in sixteen minutes and the second five K in twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Suffered that. amazingly Suffered then. Amazing. So I yeah. up. Still still won it. <laughs> 36 minutes something. Okay. And then I fronted up the next day and won the 800 and 1500 in my age group. And then a week later we went to Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I thought Las Vegas was hot. No, nothing <laughs> compared to Phoenix. Yeah. Our, I was running, I entered the 5000 track. Okay. 30 to 40 age group. And we're supposed to run at 9 o'clock in the morning. Finish up running at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, it's 120 is. degrees. So they had hoses a third of the track around just spraying us as we ran. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> but I finished up winning that one in 16 something. Yeah. On the 120 degree heat. And Arizona, is that a little bit out of, is attitude as well, isn't it? Is, is it? No, not? I don't think it is. Yeah, okay. I might be wrong, but I don't think it is. Yeah. And what was it, that experience like, just being in the States and running? It was good. Yeah. They're a different yeah. breed, aren't they? Yeah, they're a different breed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good. Yeah. And do you speak to any of those guys? Have you made any mates from that experience or? No. 
No. No, all gone by the way. So there's quite a few Australians went across there, but yeah. No, no, I haven't. Then I um. Uh, Eighty four. Yeah, that was the start of when we started the Australian New Zealand Police Games Federation, and that's how we sort of got involved with that. We started back in eighty three in uh, Melbourne. Okay. And uh, I was sort of a, a delegate from Tassie Police. I um, sort of competed with all the police uh, emergency service games from in the 80s right up until now. We have them every two years. We're supposed to have them in Wollongong next month. Right. But they weren't cancelled. So the next one's going to be two years' time in New Zealand. Okay. So I usually compete in them in all the age groups. Yeah. And awesome. Won, won quite a few medals over the years. Don't ask me what I've won. Yeah. <laughs> no just, just a big bag there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And uh, do they get a, a fair few people competing in those games, don't they? Uh, up to about oh, probably 3,000 Yeah. different sports. Yeah. Uh, we have about 40 different sports in our police games. Yeah. And I started, myself and two or three others started a police sports federation in Tassie back in 1985. Okay. And I, I was the secretary treasurer, for a better word, from 85 to 2010 when I retired and I became a life member of that association. Then yeah. I became the administration director with the um, uh, Australian New Zealand Police Games Federation for quite a few years. Yeah. And did you find that your skills as a sergeant were transferable and you found that sort of role quite, quite easily? You liked yeah, it? Yeah. That sort of thing? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was quite... Um, I just enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Someone had to do it. Police force, they had no one. We had no sports officer or anything like that. Anything to do with sports, they used to flick it through to me. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> Love sports, mate, that's why. <laughs> and uh, what other running achievements are you proud of that you've done over your career? Uh, I've run a few cross-country, really. One thing I won the... After I won the Victory Mile at Stool, I think I'd lined up the next week and won the Norwood 7K. Okay. In the Launceston Running Club. Yeah. Uh, I think it's about the only win I had there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I ran a few of the JCs. They used to have the JCs 10 at Launceston in those days. Okay. I think I ran 32 minutes one year. Yeah, great. With Without any training over those distances. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. Mate, it's, it sounds I'm, like there's a bit of talent there too, so... No, not really. I've, I only run the longer stuff now because I can't do any fast work. Yeah. I think most pro runners would say they've had Achilles problems or... I think Viv had Achilles problems. I think he might have had a couple of operations, Viv. Yeah. I'm getting them now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What well, age you? 35. Yeah, I have them all. I yeah. had one all the time. Yeah, okay. It's, it's not too bad at the moment, but for the last four months before, oh. Yeah. Every race, if I had a race to PCCT, I couldn't run the next day or oh, race the next week. Stiff in the morning. Yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. And you can't get on your toes, of course. Nah. The research now, they, they reckon it's actually best to load it up, load it up with weights and run on it. Um, yeah, I run on it. Yeah, yeah, which is like I, I, I don't know. Like back in the day, it was um, don't do too much. Don't. I think that's that's even worse for it. Well, I run on it, but I don't do too much. I don't get into a race. Yeah. Too often. Yeah. Because I find that's when the pressure comes on. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more loading, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so you've done the police games. Yep. You've. Hall of Fame at Stoll. Yes. I know that you've got a few other awards. Did you want to mention these for me? What are those? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Police ones? Running yeah, ones. Uh, police ones and, and running ones as well. You're testing me. That's all right. <laughs> oh, I got the Australian Police Medal. Yeah, okay. Which was back in 2010. Uh, there's only... That's a police medal, of course, Australian police medal. That's for a diligent service and all this. It's uh, two, two police in Tassie usually get it each year. So I was lucky enough to win that. Awesome. Uh, what other awards have I got? Oh, 
I got a certificate of recognition at the uh, Beaconsfield gold mine collapse. Okay. I was on duty the, the night that happened. I was sitting in the office on wow. the phone. And the uh, police station shook. I thought an earthquake had hit. And that was about 20 past nine on, uh, that would have been Anzac Day. 2006, 25th of June, uh, April 2006. Remember it well. <laughs> I was in Melbourne, but I wasn't. <laughs> I worked yeah. 14 days straight on that. Well, I didn't. I had one day off. But Richard Carlton died on the Sunday. I had to come back That's to work. That's right. Yeah. He collapsed yeah. outside. He was interviewing someone outside the, the mine. I had to come to his... Uh, go to his uh, death. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um... Got a lot of life experience, mate. Yeah, I was I was the first on the scene of the Tasman Bridge collapse on the fifth of January. Uh, the year that went down, uh, two thousand. Oh, I can't think now. I've forgotten. Seventy seventies. No, no. seventy five. Yeah, I know they had the fortieth yeah. anniversary or something. Fiftieth. Yeah. 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 But, well, I was I, I was I was a senior council Bell Reed, and I was in the office. And I thought, oh, I better go for. a a drive, it was on a Sunday night. Yeah. It was a real drizzly rain type thing. I was driving around Montague Bay, I had another person with me. And, and uh, the communication section said, uh, oh, the bridge is falling man, you better go to it. I said, no, tell me another one. I thought, yeah. oh, Sunday night, but I will end of it. Three times. So, <laughs> yeah. so I said, all right, must be true. So I went there, the bridge was down, so yeah. we, um, we sealed off the eastern shore. And uh, retrieved a few people coming out of the, the water. Wow. And we, and we, t- we touch on uh, like what you use your running to probably forget about some of that stuff. I imagine. I mean. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. How else did you deal with that? Did you guys talk to other people or talk to your colleagues? Talk. Well, that's about all you could do on those days. You never had yeah. any. Um, you never had any. Um, counselling as such yeah in the early days they do now yeah yeah uh, I've I had to see uh, I had to see our or I suppose for a better word psychiatrist or psychologist whatever it was after a, I had a stabbing at uh, when I was at Beaconsfield at Beauty Point I went to a domestic and I thought it wasn't a domestic there was no prior assaults arguments or other but this, this girl from Sydney hooked up with this bloke and, and I left and within two minutes uh, I got called back, someone's been stabbed and got there and uh, she'd stabbed him in the chest. There's no blood whatsoever, just a hole okay. in the chest. So we worked on him, it was 30 degrees that day, that night, worked on him for an hour, Yeah. try and revive him. I, I didn't want him, but he was dead and uh, that shook me up a fair bit. Yeah, yeah, it would being um, being there, going away, and then have to going back because it, it's like it been killed. But it's one of those things, you know. Like at the time, you probably left thinking. Yeah, but you carry it though, Brian. Yeah, yeah. You carry it for a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, do an amazing job, police force. I mentioned earlier, I couldn't, I could not do that job. Yeah, you do a lot of uh, horrendous stuff, but um, you got to be, you switch off. I don't know, don't know whether running did it for me or what, but yeah, um, you don't think about them. You try not to think about them. If if I was talking to you now, I could probably go through fifty deaths that I've been to. Yeah, start reeling them off, but you don't consciously think about them all the time. No, you've got to be able to switch off. Yeah, yeah. If you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's when that's when it'll affect you, and and you won't yeah. be able to do that job. Yeah, yeah. And some people. Would. Some people do it. It does affect people. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've been lucky. I have only sort of experienced it the one time. Yeah, yeah. And I've been in a lot of horrendous uh, accidents, suicides. I've had a lot of suicide reports when I was at um, Beaconsfield. I think I had five hangings there. Yeah, wow. Uh, a couple of people gassed themselves in cars and things like that. Yeah. You just got to deal with it. Yeah. And did you did you have the outlook? Anything can happen in this job. Yeah, anything. Don't know. Yep. Yeah. 
Anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. You used to know, you, you mightn't come home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know personally, I, I had a bad patch there where I was drinking too much when I was younger and the police were called a fair bit. And yeah, I, I wasn't the best, the best person. And I suppose my next question is, in your job, you have to deal with a lot of, a lot of mental health, drunk, drunk cases. Yeah. Um, that stuff just must be tiring. Oh, it's not really. You yeah. sign up to do the job, so you've got to deal with it. Simply yeah, so. yeah. But, I mean, my, my two young blokes, they'll ring me every now and again, oh, I've talked to such and such today, someone knows you're dead. It's not unusual. <laughs> 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 Only been in the force, hello. <laughs> Yeah. yeah Corin, <laughs> Cor- Corin rang me the other last week. He said, Oh, I picked up such and such the other day. He said, uh, he said Oh, you're a Pats boy, eh? <laughs> and uh, he locked him up for drink driving or something or other. And yeah. he had some warrant there on the system. And he said to Corin, He said, Oh, he said, No, that's been shelled. And that's so Corin rings up and, Yeah, that's right. It's, doesn't have to reach another warrant. He said, Oh, he said, you're, you're like the old man. You treat us pretty right. <laughs> yeah. And Dean Corin was only doing his job. He thought he was doing a <laughs> favour. Oh, jeez. But it takes a special person to, to do that work because not everyone can do that work. So. Yeah, same as um, nursing, um, paramedics. I mean, yeah. they've got to put up a lot and they've got no power as such. They've got to call on the police to sort of assist them if they get some mental patient playing up, don't they? So, yeah. Yeah, they've all got horrendous jobs, but someone's got to do it, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're the right man to do it, and I'm, I can imagine just just knowing you how good you would be at that job. So, yeah, it's all history now. Yeah, <laughs> some uh, some amazing history though. So, uh, <laughs> back to the running though. Yep. Um, what's a what's a key session that you really love to do that you knew that would get your cherry right or something? Because you did a lot of distances. Is there something that you knew, oh, yep, I'm on the ball here? Well, see, when I used to run the 1600s, yeah. I never trained for them. I only trained, did the 400 work. Yeah. So I, I really haven't... The only one I really trained for was the 1982 one, which I trained myself. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was... Yeah. <laughs> but I must have done something right. Yeah. Um, I think I got third to Viv in the thousands, 1600. Yeah. And I hadn't trained for those. I only done 400 and 800 works. So I, was, I don't know what it was. I think when I look back, I think 800 is probably a bit of distance, personally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you reckon that's and I didn't, halfway between. Yeah, I didn't know that until I was probably about 28. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just listening to what you said and your times, and I mean, you, you say you don't have a lot of talent, but if you can run 150, that's a... That's a very decent, like, that's that's national class runner. That's that's something that you'd be able to go to nationals for. And yeah, I was doing a little shift work, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, you should be proud of a time like that. Yeah, so I've really only did the running for relaxation, and um, I, I enjoyed it. And uh, like you said, it, it clears your mind from the your work duties and things like that. Yeah. And... Yeah, you've got a few achievements over the time, but uh, it's a phase of life and then you move on, don't you? You do. <laughs> yeah, 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 you do. It just, and you've got to, really. Yeah, and I don't know about you, I said as soon as I stop enjoying the running, I'll stop. And that's this year, I was personally feeling that way. How do you feel you're running now? Is that something you still love to this day? Still love to do it. I still like to compete yeah. when I can. Yeah. Um, it's very hard. Uh, well, 71, 72, it's, you haven't got any speed, have you? You're just sort of a plotter. <laughs> That's all <laughs> you do. But you're lapping people on the couch, though, and I know, oh, well, I, I know just speaking to Lee Taylor and those guys, he'd love yeah, to Yeah, well, Lee's had a bad back for years. Yeah, so yeah. He, he went bad for about mid-20s, I think. Yeah. So do you feel grateful that, that you are still able to Yeah. No Achilles, I can push through it. Yeah, and that's brilliant. Yeah. So pushing through it, was that something that you say that you would, like? You could tolerate pain? Tolerate it to a certain bit. Um, yeah. Until last year when I had the stress fracture in my ankle, 
on the uh, fish frenzy track at Burnie. Okay. Uh, that took six months to get over that. But um, that sort of got to you mentally a bit. You couldn't get out and do things. You couldn't yeah. run on it. I could get on a push bike. That's yeah. What I did. Yeah. Well, you didn't know what it's like. Yeah, it's horrible. You get injury, you can't get out. Oh, I'm a... I'm shocking to deal with. <laughs> I'm one of the worst humans ever. <laughs> um, but that's great. So, so you're running today. What does that look like for you? Um, uh, uh, no, I just like to keep reasonably fit for my age. I see a lot of people my age, um, they do nothing. And yeah. All these other ones, I think if you can keep moving, you've got to push some of those other ones in the background somehow or other, don't you? Yeah, you do. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Working in, work in aged yeah. care, it was the same thing. Like, if you had a resident that wasn't moving, they just lose it. Like, you have to keep them, keep them moving. Yeah, yeah. I probably do. Uh, probably do 50, 60 k's a week. That's great. Um, I'll do probably an hour on the spin bike four or five days a week prior, yeah. prior to the run, which is which equates to about uh, 30, 32 kilometres for the hour. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so and I, just, I just do what the body wants to do, that's all. Yeah. I, I don't sort of do too much hard stuff nowadays. Yeah. I mean, my times are pretty slow when I go for a run. Probably uh, I might do, uh, I think I did 10Ks today and probably 53, 54 minutes or something. Yeah. You're out, though, mate. Probably out there doing it. Getting out there, that's exactly yeah. right. And it's probably still having its benefits today. Uh, for those people listening to the podcast today, can you tell me how you got into the handicap position oh. for the first triple CT? I don't know. <laughs> I went to a meeting. <laughs> yeah. No nominations, and they said, well, go on. Kim Stephen, like, what's Oh, no. <laughs> so I put my hand up for it. And um, actually... <laughs> One of my sons found out, he said, oh, he rang me, he said, Dad, what are you doing? He said, you got abused for 44 years in the police force. You got abused when you was a footballer. I said, now you're taking on the handicapper. Some good life experience though, it is. But it's been pretty good. They've, they've been pretty reasonable, the, the runners, and I sort of treat everyone the same. And, yeah. And I had Greg Smith come on board the last few races, and he's been good, and we've got the same mind frame. Fantastic. And uh, if... If I put my hand up next year, or if Greg puts his hand up, I think the two of us might have a crack at it again. Yeah. Try and get some consistency. Otherwise, yeah. you get no consistency with handicapping if you have a different handicapper each year. So if you've got the same handicappers, they know the runners too. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And that's the biggest. That's the biggest issue. You is, know, you know yeah. what they can do. You know if they're having a go or or for a better word. Having a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? And that, and that's the hardest thing and, as a handicapper. And you've got to look at the, you've got to look at their capabilities. You've got to look at their age. There's quite a few things. Well, that's what I do anyway. I don't know what other handicappers do, but I look at that. I go on their honesty when they give me the times. So I'll try and work out a handicap, and I tell them, and Greg will be the same. I tell them, look, you might finish last. The first race I see, but if I can see that you're performing to your best, you'll be adjusted. Yeah, it takes one or two runs to look at that. That's why I look at it anyway. Yeah, and it went, it went well this year, I thought. Yeah, it did. And a lot of it was new, really good. And the new runners were up there, so they were competitive. Yeah, uh, and most of them were honest with me, and I gave them honest handicaps. Yeah, and that's and that's the way it should be. I love what you mentioned about age. I age has got to be taken yeah. into consideration, and it hasn't previously. That's well, and I feel like some runners have, as they got older have got the same marks, and it's it just it just happen. doesn't happen. You no. just can't keep on producing that, especially as you get older when your VO two max goes down. Well, it was only three years ago. I was running under 20, 21 for five k's. But I'll be lucky to break 23 now. Yeah. Yeah. Happens, it? Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and quite obviously the feature race, it would have been a couple of weeks ago, but everything that's happened with COVID-19 going on, uh, 
what are the plans for the Cross Country Club moving forward? Are they they still going to have this race? But I, I heard there was a bit of whisper that there's going to be no money attached. Is that? No, there's different scenarios between individuals, but nothing's been decided at any meetings yet because that, uh, I presume that would have to be decided at an annual general meeting, wouldn't it? I can't. I think so. I think it would be. Yeah. So there's, we've got another two meetings, October and November, and then we've got the annual general in um, December. Okay. So nothing would be decided. Nothing has been decided, I know that. Yeah, yeah. So what you're, what you're hearing is only gossip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love a bit and of it, golfers. <laughs> I love a bit of gossip. Is that small thing? It's so, so yeah, yeah. It's only gossip. Yeah, okay. But uh, remembering what COVID's done... If you don't get the sponsorship next year, you're going to have to make some changes, aren't you? Yeah. So I love the club, mate. I'm I'm going to put sponsorship forward. I I, I want to help yeah, them as much as I can. Yeah, race last year. Um, yeah. But I I can't see it being wrong if if every race was valued the same. Personally, I and like that model too. And all valued the same. Then uh, you can have extra trophies for the, 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 the blue ribbon races, you know. Yeah. This is my personal view. Well, I would choose a feature ass win over having one than the money. I don't care about the money. Feature race should be the last race of the year. Yeah. I want to win one on, on the prestige of it. I don't care about anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. None of us, well, none of us be running for money. I've never. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think. Not that, be much out yeah. But the money could course. go back into the club to to advertising it to get more to get more runners. That'd be great too. But I think Brian, with this COVID thing, sponsorship might be uh, drying up a bit. I, yeah. I, I might be wrong, but. Yeah. You might get a lot of small donors like us. You know, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's. It's hit. It, it's hit everyone, hasn't it? Has. Yeah. So I don't know going forward. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good conversation. This. <laughs> um, what? What are some uh, running regrets you have in your life? Do you regret anything in your running career? Uh, would have liked better hours working um, to perform better running, but I mean, jobs paramount is. And running, running was just the side issue, really. Yeah. And I proved that when I went to uh, Victoria in in uh, 77, 78, taking that four and a half months off, which uh, I think I earned about $1,600, which was a fair bit in those days. Paid for me, certainly paid for me a trip over there and, and going around all the carnivals. Yeah, but, right. but it helped me in my own mind that I could still compete on a level basis with the others. Yeah. Without having to work shift work all the time. Yeah. Uh, only other regret? No, I've had no regrets. If I started off uh, as a 20 year old now, I'd do the same thing, I <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. That's, that's a good way to live life, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And your one piece of training advice that you would? Listen to the body. Yeah. Did you want to elaborate a bit more? <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> Just listen to your body. I mean, yeah. sometimes we we flog ourselves for a better word, don't we? We do, yeah. I think it's a nature. You can't, you can't run fast all the time. You can't run your best all the time. Yeah. You've got to have your easy days. Racing is the best thing to bring you up. And if you are racing, say once or twice a week, you shouldn't be doing too much loading prior to those racing because it flattens you yeah yeah I love to race I don't I don't understand that people don't like to race I love to race no racing is the thing that gets you up yeah it does it showed me about three and a half months I was in Melbourne I raced what sometimes twice a week yeah but we didn't train hard yeah it was just the racing that kept us up all the time yeah yeah, I mean, it's racing's. You can train all day, but it's not like a race. There's, it's well, next level, isn't it? I don't know how. See, some some runners, if they train for a mile, they're doing 
Up to 200 k's a week. Well, yeah. I can't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Doing a bit more speed work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the if one thing. If you can do the speed yeah. work. Yeah. I know I loved how you mentioned um, you, do, you do strides because that just maintains your speed. Strides. Just, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. That's, you don't have to go full pace. You can do no. some probably at three quarter pace. Yeah. Yeah. And just jog back or walk back and yeah. go again. Oh, man. That's and they, nice to do. they just keep yeah. you zippy, mate. They, they do. Yeah. 400s are the best conditioning ever. Yeah, okay. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. If, you, if you're a young person, if you can run five or six 400s with a lap in between with doing about 60, under 60 seconds, that'll bring you up. It's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, Lee Taylor helped me years ago, and he got me to do something very similar to that. It does. It works. Get your fit. But some people are doing more. They would do 12, 1500. I can't see any benefit from that. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. It's going to deaden you, isn't it? Yeah. And it's specific to the events that you did as well. Yes. That. Well, yeah. I, I, I never trained. That's all I did for the 1600s. Mm. Maybe I should have done more miles, but, but you had to you had to balance it if you're running all those distances. Yes. Yeah. I think, who's the other runner here that does? He's one over the same. Uh, Reeves. Yeah, Daniel Reeves. Yeah, so I've won from 70 metres 70, 70 metres to a mile the only one I didn't win was a 200 yeah I think Daniel's won most of them hasn't he I think he's very similar he's won a gift I think he's run from the gift he may have even got a 2 mile win I don't, I don't even know I'm not sure have, he might have done yeah yeah because he's run 16 minutes for 5 and the other runner comes to mind is uh, like Victoria Trained runners. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he trained Troy Atkins. Um, That's him. Yeah. Um, oh god, what is his name? That's terrible. Oh, lives in Melbourne. Um, but he's one every. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's coached about fifty winners yeah, there too. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll think of it after this, won't we? Yeah. Alright, so, closing out today, what are some values you live by in your life? Treat everyone as you want to be treated yourself. That's something, that sounds like something like my mum would say. That's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing in life. Yeah. Treat people as you want to be treated yourself. Perfect. You won't go far wrong. That's my religion, that's it. Brilliant answer. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Pat McMahon. I'm Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lyons Podcast and happy running. Listeners, that was Pat McMahon. I know I said it several times in that podcast, but Pat really does have a lot of life experience with 44 years in the police force. And it was great hearing about some of the awards that he won and the fact that he still loves running today as much as he did when he was only 20, 21. I thank Pat for his time and his hospitality around his home. If you did enjoy this podcast, please let Pat know. Also, Everyday Lions has eight week, 12 week, 16 week, and yearly programs available. Uh, These are individually tailored programs for runners. So if you are interested, please head over to www.everydaylions.org and check those out. Until next time, I've been Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lions podcast and happy running.